0: Hey, you beautiful fucks, this is episode 16 of the Becoming Human podcast, and I'm your host, Will Nelson. Usually in this podcast, we sit down with people to explore what satiates their soul, their pursuit of happiness, their pursuit of fulfillment, in order to better understand our own, and hopefully give myself and you guys some sense of purpose in your life. Or at least some direction to point to. In this episode, I decided to do it solo and try to change it up a little bit. Um, and I'll do it again if you guys like it. And if it doesn't work out, I'll fucking drop it. I've been getting really deep into archery lately. Well. To be honest with you, I've been getting really deep into a lot of my interests. I guess I should provide a little bit of a backstory. When I was a kid, I was very confused. I had little guidance in my life, except when I was around uh, between 5 to 10 in California. My family did BMX a lot. Um, We'd travel throughout California, Nevada, oregon um to compete in several competitions Uh, my dad actually eventually had his own bike shop and then he had a a bike team called uh, team scrub had like a roster of 24 just all different kinds of ages and he'd take these kids and he'd take them uh, across states to compete in bmx and it was really cool he uh called the team scrub because it was just a group of rowdy kids from the streets i guess and he also chose those kind of kids too because he realized that he could do whatever he he wanted to um, without the parents having to breathe down his neck but anyways not to get tangential i love those moments and. I had this focal point around something, something, this inherent purpose. And then when I left California, there was almost this vacuum in my life. And I I tried to separate the emotions between, um, I guess, not being around my father any longer and this craving for some sort of purpose or something to be ambitious about, if you will. Unfortunately, I grew very um, defensive, afraid, and resentful in response to that vacuum, that void of not having an outlet or some type of pursuit. The hole grew wider as I got older. I got very bored and very curious, and I didn't understand this boredom at all I didn't feel like I was really good at anything. I had nothing that I was working towards. At least nothing that was, that felt beneficial or felt good, felt satisfying for me. It was a storm of anger. Relentlessly being pulled by the undertow and not being able to breathe. Just before I ran out of air, I'd come up to catch gasps, just to be pulled back under again. It was in those little moments I was fortunate enough to see outside my immediate situation as a kid. Sometimes that came in the form of some old man telling me about the woes and his regrets from when he was younger. took it to heart but what mostly stuck with me were the people who ended up in these jobs that didn't really make them feel anything but either despair disdain or empty I didn't really have many role models at the time I resented that fact. For some reason, I thought it was a bad thing. A soft thing, if you will. I don't know why. So the concept and notion of hard work or anything like that was lost on me. All I understood was that these people worked really hard. And it didn't make them happier. That interested me so much when I was a kid. So as I got older and as I started working, more people like this surrounded me. People who tried to do something and then failed. Not because it didn't work out, because how they perceived the situation didn't work out. They were too afraid to try where they saw everything that was wrong and they couldn't see what was right. They weren't creative enough. They weren't smart enough. They didn't have enough money. It wasn't the right time. All I heard was, I can't, I can't, I can't. And it passed right through me. I knew that there was this thing to be afraid of. Was to be able was to end in destitute in this dead end road that for some reason made everyone's face look lost. Like, I felt lost. I just didn't know it at the time. So with that wealth of advice during my younger years, I began to resent work and try to find any way that I could out of it. My value shifted. I was never really a company man. Even when I first started, It was miserable, trudging, hour after hour, day after day, in some job that I could barely stand, and I really don't feel like I'm capable enough to do this. Which wasn't true. And for some reason, the money that I got disappeared faster than it came in. I never had enough. But still in high school, I had a kid... (laughs) <laughs> I really felt like I never had enough then. Making $600 a month plus another $600 a month if you include my son's mother's income at the time. 16 years old, going to school full time, relentless. Let me backtrack a little bit. Sorry, all over the place, but before I had my son this notion of. Indirection. Completely consumed me. By the time I was 12. I I overdosed. And. It wasn't really because. I wanted to end my life. It's really never been my thing. It's. Because I saw it as a challenge that I, as a 12 year old boy, could drink more liquor and take more exotic substances than any of these old 20 something fuckers. And I did, four foot nine, one and a half bottles of vodka, several different pills. I really don't remember what they were. And all of a sudden I'm in and out of consciousness. I'm not really afraid. I'm just really confused. For some reason, after that day, I realized I've always been really confused. My friends left me naked in a ditch as I believe I was seizing. A woman was walking down the street and saw this child. Alone and hurt in a ditch and called the police. I resented her for that. It was too tough. Had something to prove. I had no notion that... Our entire lives is comprised with the pursuit of understanding ourselves and the world around us. I had no idea that my lust for competition, my curiosity for what lie beyond my limits was at the foundation of every single one of us. And that if applied correctly, Something beautiful lies, not really at the end, because it never ends, but lies in the nowness of things. And I'm not here to get all hippy-dippy and shit like that, but I was looking in all the wrong places when I was a kid, and I see that in people to varying degrees. Caught in their own version of a hamster wheel And they step out of that hamster wheel From time to time And they get in a bigger hamster wheel With more complicated steps Brighter colors Moves in different ways And they get good at that And step out of that hamster wheel some amount that I cannot quantify of us stays inside of that hamster wheel, that one hamster wheel. Maybe they've already gone through you know, a couple before. Maybe they've just been stuck in one of their very first hamster wheels. Their entire life, they run on that hamster wheel until they're fatigued, until they've given up until the world looks bleak. I've surrounded myself with people like this. They were my idols when I was that little teenage child. But the reward was at the beginning. None of it was at the end. And the reward got smaller the longer. You were on that path. It's destruction. <laughs> Anyways, this, what I was trying to say is that these things that I've been pursuing, it almost seems elementary in their value and recognizing the beauty in the pursuit of excellence in anything in this life but I'm coming to know it progressively and I have not been bored one fucking moment ever since I began from podcasting to archery to mixed martial arts writing storytelling comedy poetry yoga running Making shit, painting, being a dad, hunting, trying to fucking travel, journaling, understanding myself, learning from my role models. There is just so much to this life. And the crazy thing about it is that every pursuit... Overlaps. So when I'm shooting an arrow, I have this impulse to immediately release the arrow. It feels like a complete collapse under pressure. I get overwhelmed by my rising emotions and completely lose control. Think of it like this if you're a parent, you know when you lose patience with your child? In my experience, when I lose patience with my son, it is a similar response of trying to fire an arrow. You become overwhelmed in the face of rising emotions, frustration, anger, and you lose control. And you become slave to that emotion. Impulse to the first thoughts that arise. I've done it. I know a lot of us have. But the skill is being able to maintain presence without presumption. Being able to observe your emotions just as when you are meditating, if you will. When a sound comes up, you accept it, you recognize the sound, let it go, or tell yourself to let it go, and then focus back on breathing, because that is not a tangent that you want to go down. And then something else comes up. Maybe you forgot to work out this morning and you feel guilt, but right now you're focusing on breath, so you would accept that. And you would let that feeling go because it does not serve you right now. That's the same when your child does something that upsets you. Instead of responding with outrage and impulse and creating a combative situation, you're able to observe your emotions, accept and let go of the ones that do not serve you and return your focus to what's in front of you, to fully experience the moment, all of the sensations. It's a lot like the polar plunge. If you go into it thinking that it's going to be miserable, cold and doubting if you are capable. Most of us will fixate on anything that supports those exceptions resulting in a miserable time. I believe these are called cognitive biases, I don't know, I'm starting to get deep into this, but you'll also find that people who that embrace it, people who jump in the water, and it feels incredible to them, are they a different person altogether? Or th- did conditioning allow them to experience a pleasurable sens- sensation from the experience of cold water? I've had very interesting insight after taking cold showers for the past year, every day. At first, I would free I would shiver, my teeth would clatter, and I would be just saying, "Oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh, fuck, on repeat," <laughs> like the entire couple of minutes. Um, I started in the winter, bad idea. After a while, I stopped shivering. And the pain and shock it was replaced with numbness. For a couple of weeks, it was still pretty numb. It wasn't very pleasant to me. I had anxiety building up to it. Not palms sweating, but I didn't look forward to it. I reassured myself that this will be beneficial for you. Put your thong on and get to it. (laughs) And so I did. I don't know. it's Difficult for me to quantify it, but if I could ballpark it, I'd say three to six months in, I stopped shivering. I wasn't really numb anymore. When I got in the water... At first, I would have described it as a profound numbing... Or profound... Warming sensation, rather. But now I know it's not that. It's... A throbbing form of pleasure. Like every one of my muscles are unwinding... And getting tickled. I guess... It's like being softly touched in waves. The reason why I would have described it as a warming sensation at first is because that's how the warm water made me feel. It made me feel like I was being softly f- rubbed in waves. It felt amazing. And the cold felt that way too now. Never got goosebumps and I no longer got goosebumps. And the strangest thing too is that my work my customers would make a comment, isn't it too cold to be working outside? Or let's do this inside because to get out of the snow. It's too cold out there. Or uh, I can't hang out with you. I got to go inside. It's too cold. You you get my point. I didn't realize that at the time. 30 degrees, 40 degrees, which, I mean, it's not much compared to people in, like, Canada and Alaska and everywhere else. They're probably, yo, what the fuck, man? You don't know cold. And you're right, I don't. But it's just, it's interesting watching this this transition rather I realized I didn't notice the cold and I started dressing with less layers I hadn't shivered all winter some degrees my hands hurt that was when it was in like the negative tens and now some of you are thinking well you were also outside all the time so maybe that acclimated you to the cold weather yeah but i was outside last year too and that really didn't do anything and i've lived up in the north for a while i was born in california though it's just very fascinating to me of the subjectivity of sensation so much so that i began to explore other things what unpleasant feelings or situations Could I just decide to make pleasurable So when it rained It was rather annoying and uncomfortable Wind whipping against my skin Making my hair stand on end Rain drenching my clothes Making me sop and wet Ooh, this freeze I'm gonna be honest with you First thought, freezing Ugh, I can get hypothermia This is cold. This is miserable. Just pounding throughout my head. Beating its fucking ruts. Until every time when I saw the rain, regardless of how cold or warm it was, how windy or stagnant the air was, misery. 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 So this past year, I got rather frustrated, been two years up here in Washington, moved from Idaho, very, it's not very rainy up here, I will admit, it. it's very drizzly, at first the rain kept me from going outside, kept me from kayaking, hiking. And then I realized I was inside too much (laughs) So I said, fuck it And so I just barred my teeth and did it Still, misery One day I was writing in my uh, notebook And I asked myself that question Why is weather so unpleasant? Why do I only crave a sunny day? Am I in danger when it's raining? Is, do I have a possibility of getting pneumonia or hypothermia? Am I going to die if I am out there? This sensation of cold, what's its purpose? What's its utility? I understand if things get too cold, it's dangerous. But 36 degrees and windy, 20 degrees and windy, 40 degrees and windy. What the fuck am I so afraid of? And so I meditated out in the rain and I go hiking, and every time I was like, God, this sucks. God, this is cold. Oh, I'm soaking wet. I would stop. I would say, okay, I know you think that, but just let that go, and notice how pretty does the rain sound when it hits my, the hood of my jacket, or the leaves of the trees, or the moss on the ground. How are the smells that are brought up As the rain drops on the forest floor What about the sound And the sight The fog rolling up at the morning thermals Or the evening thermals The animals Dazed and confused A little off their game Enough to catch a closer glimpse But snow, fuck that shit (laughs) I'm still getting used to that I was able to take that sensation and change it into pleasure. Rather, I was able to take that idea, that concept of mine, and change it into pleasure. Same with archery. I had sensations, the urge or the impulse rather, to punch the trigger. Pull it, pull it now because you know you're going to miss or all of these emotions and thoughts that kind of go on attach itself to the thought that are happening all at once and behind those thoughts is the response to a feeling and if I can separate myself and observe my behavior I'm able to feel the pleasure of that feeling And let the discomfort of that feeling dissolve With Almost everything I've tried so far If it's running And I feel completely exhausted My legs feel like they're leadened My heart feels like it's going to leap Out of my chest in riot And my attention It's flickering And self-doubt creeps in. When my legs feel leaden, I remind myself that's the feeling of energy exerted throughout your body. This is what it is like to be alive. When my heart is pounding heavy and I'm trying to keep my breath calm enough to go through my nose, I remind myself that this is what a working body sounds like. This is music and i know it sounds all fluffity duffity but i honestly tell myself this those sensations have started changing that's one of the hardest for me is the running is turning this discomfort into comfort not even comfort Fuck, there's no security there's no safety i don't feel Hmm. I don't feel like I'm isolated from discomfort Rather The pleasure From consuming discomfort And changing discomfort Over the next couple months I'll be Looking for professionals To explore the manipulation of sensation if you guys have any recommendations or directions to point me towards feel free to give me a dm or shoot me an email or something um i'm always open to suggestions right i was gonna tell a story huh Just when I thought we were alone, a long strand of lichen snaps, falling from an ancient spruce, sweeping across the damp moss. I hear the leaves sing as my body is filled with winter's chill. I look to my friend, Skye. Silently... I plead for reassurance, but in his eyes I see more of him than I have ever known. A fear, so deep. All of his walls dissolve, and I see sky for the first time. And maybe the last. The leaves of every tree around us begins violently shaking. On cue, my heart beats in tune with the leaves. Sky and I run eastward toward the raging river, hoping to escape whatever is crashing through the forest. Luckily, the soft, thick moss conceals our footsteps as we leap over and crawl under the decaying trees. Sky is at the lead, running full clip. I watch him jump over a Goliath Sitka spruce. But his foot caught the crest of the fallen tree and he collapsed falling inside the tree leaving a cloud of mist in its place the branches on the trees behind me snap crack and wail every strand of hair on my neck stands tall what's that smell no time i must move Instinct crashes over my body like a wave and I jump inside of the decaying monolith. It smells that that smell I remember now. It smells like My eyes roll back into my head and darkness overcomes me. That fucking musky smell again. It fills my nostrils and I vomit. Splashing puke on the white tile, coloring it several hues of green. My eyes are burning from that smell. It's wretched like my father's skid-marked underwear. Wait a minute. White tile floors? Blue accent? Yellow stained stucco from my mother's cigarettes? Wasn't I just in the forest? How did I get here? Where's my mom? Oh, oh no. Where's Sky? I have to find Sky. I run through the kitchen, but something catches my eye, and I freeze. I turn my head, and instantly, my throat dries, my eyes tighten, as I watch my father stand abruptly, angrily. Where did he come from? Is—is is this a dream? It appears he's yelling furiously, but I hear no sound. He gets up swiftly. His muscles are tense. Fuck. I remember this moment vividly. It haunts me. My brother, James, a lanky blonde ten-year-old child with hair that curved into his eyes and ears that rounded like the petals of a clover leaf. <laughs> he always wore a sideways smile. It was rock crooked from our father's beatings, from his crippling inability to cope with the whirlwind of his emotions. Frozen, I watched the scene commence for what must have been the thousandth time. can never get it out of my mind. Empty of sound, but right on cue. The chair grinds against the tile, slightly tipping, while my dad's hands are tightening, and his mouth moves quicker. In a flash, he grabs a handful of my brother's hair and bounces his head off of the kitchen table. His eyes are wells of pain and confusion. My mind is beleaguered with the same harrowing thought that I have every time. Why didn't he hit me? By now, I usually awake deafened by my heart's thunder But this time, the eerie silence is drowned out by a deep, maniacal laugh. The house begins to rock. The walls begin to crumble. Everything pools like melting wax around me, and the laughing gets louder and louder. Until my whole body shakes And then I turn into a pool of wax A puddle of tears A ramble of fears and My body is moved I feel it Rocking back and forth Faster and faster and faster Until my eyes It's bright. Or opened wide. Sky. Hey, friends. I hope you guys like this episode of the Becoming Human podcast. I was a bit nervous to do a solo episode. I did my best and I'll do even better next time to more clearly convey my intent, make it more interesting and be a little more concise well researched too and let me know how you guys like the storytelling aspect as well i'm thinking about either jumping in to do another series with a like a storytelling series fiction kind of based around my backpacking adventures or i might just include it as a a, a sub series within on this platform probably gonna keep it as a sub series for now on this platform just because i'm using like this story it began on the backpacking trip that i did out in the quinault rainforest on the olympic peninsula i basically used my adventure as a skeleton and built the story around that this is just a snippet next week i'll be releasing the um the full story as a standalone version through the podcast. And I'll make sure to include it in the title and then include some stuff in the show notes for you guys as well. Um, And those ones will generally run anywhere between a half hour to an hour long segment. But let me know what you guys think of it. And I'll take uh, any kind of suggestions and I'm more than happy to kind of key the story and explore different perspectives. Uh, You can get at me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, email, the website pretty much anywhere and to show your support for the podcast uh please leave a rating on itunes or wherever the fuck you listen to it and share with friends you freaks (laughs) i hope you guys have a wonderful week it's so beautiful up here right now it's all sunny out i'm in shorts and short sleeve t-shirt i couldn't be happier right now thanks